Welcome one and all to a new episode of my RPG podcast. I'm back from a little bit of a hiatus overseas in Japan, and I'm back with a episode with Caio Santos, who's an artist based out of Brazil, uh, renowned for his work for uh, RPG uh, show Critical Role, as well as other uh, independent works he does for himself and commissions that he takes. Caio helps me kind of get an understanding of the Brazilian RPG scene, as well as his kind of take on interpreting people's characters and RPG scenes into the art that he creates. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Welcome, one and all, to a new episode of my RPG podcast. Today's guest is Caio Santos. Caio, will you please introduce yourself? Uh, hello, uh, I'm Caio Santos. Uh, I'm a Brazilian artist. Uh, formerly, I'm, I'm training in design. I did uh, uh, close to five years of design in university, but... Uh, Right out of it, uh, I started focusing more on on illustration, and right after that, I got into D and D like full strength. Um, started working with it, and Critical Role also helped with that. Uh, and that's like my main thing right now. It's a freelance artist uh, doing work for a whole lot of uh, RPG fans all over the world. Uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and actually, uh, that's the first thing I kind of want to jump into. So were you into RPGs before you started doing all these commissions and all this work, or was that something that came later? Yeah, so um, I've always like being a, a gamer, uh, like only on uh, video games and stuff. Um, I always wanted to get into D&D, but uh, my group of friends, like, it's, it's your classic their group of friends, but they were each uh, into their own kind of stuff, and I never could like get all of them at once to to start a campaign, and I never uh, really knew someone who was already into a campaign to introduce me to it. So I kind of I kind of just wanted to get into it uh, uh, in high school, in college, but I I never quite could find a group, and. Uh, I just, I just, I, I first played my first session of D&D actually like last year. Uh, my girlfriend started the game for us. She had a lot more experience with it than, than I do. And I'm a whole lot into it right now, but uh, I was never like, as a kid, I, I never played it actually. And I always wondered, uh, Caio, uh, is D&D popular or relatively popular in Brazil? Because I've only met a couple of Bra Brazilians who ha happen to actually play RPGs and be into video games and things like that, but I didn't know if it was a common thing or if they were just rare cases. Oh, no, no. Uh, it's quite popular. Uh, I don't know if you, if you have seen, but uh, nerd culture in Brazil is like, it's, it's always been very big and... We started having like uh, 
what do you call Comic Con. Mm -hmm. We started ha having like our own edition of Comic Con like a couple years ago, and it's always been quite big. Like we we were always uh, video, everything, the uh, entertainment. Uh, we have a lot of uh, Japanese immigrants. Like historically, you have a lot of so. Uh, a lot of culture from Japan and video games and reached out to every kind of uh, gaming and D&D is definitely um, um, like people people played it since it launched uh, since it first was around and there's a lot of uh, older people that uh, re really play it. Uh, now uh, the is getting so big, and we're getting a lot of uh, younger people, me included, uh, playing it. But it was always big. Yeah, it's funny you should mention the Japanese kind of Brazilian connection when it comes to immigration and stuff like that. I was just in Japan, and uh, there is there's a lot of um, apparently a, a, one of the largest concentrations of Japanese outside of Japan is Brazil as well. So that kind of makes sense why they kind of bring over anime and video games and parts of their culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's huge here. Very useful. But yeah, so so it sounds like there's this kind of established base for RPGs and things like that as well in Brazil. How long have you been into art then as well? And was this anime that inspired you to get into art or was it more traditional forms of art? Um I I, I didn't I didn't draw a lot or into art since very young. I started getting into it more like when I was seven. And and it was a kind of like uh, anime, uh, but at the time I didn't even know what what was anime because uh, we we had on open television we had Dragon Ball Z we had uh, Knights of the Zodiac we had a lot of anime on open television and I just thought they were like a different style of cartoon, and I really liked it the animation and stuff and I started drawing because of it. I I drew a lot of Dragon Ball Z, and. I started out like tracing magazines for because I really like the the Toriyama stuff, the Dragon Ball Z, and right there I immediately want to to start drawing stuff on my own, and it, it went from there. It's really funny as you mentioned the Dragon Ball Z and tracing. Or uh, I remember. Uh, when I was here in, in the neighborhood I grew up in had a strong black and Hispanic community and we were all into Dragon Ball Z and I remember specifically uh, printing uh, pictures from the library and then having people color in or trace it and then selling uh, that stuff to other kids for like a quarter or, or two quarters oh yeah so oh, yeah, yeah that, that was that was a large part of my uh, early childhood and, and learning a little bit about, about how money works too because the library would obviously give you printing for free and I was making money out of it <laughs> oh yeah uh uh, I I did tracing from these these magazines we had here. They were huge at the time. They're called Ultra Jovem. Yeah, roughly translating, it's like super young or young super something like that. And uh, it, they talk. They basically talk all about uh, Japanese culture and anime. And just I just got them all from all from my friends. They had old ones, and I just took them all and I searched for something that I liked. And they had this this like fan letter section at the end of the of the magazine and they always put uh drawings from from fans the fans like so they draw they spent crazy time because 
no, they, they were they weren't digital at the time. They were like uh, color pencil drawings, and they were amazingly good. And they and they sent the paper, the the page of uh, with the drawing to to the magazine, and they put them in this fan letter section at the end of the, the magazine. And we saw them, and I was like really amazed, and that really helped me a lot to start creating my own stuff too, because they I. I first noticed that they were drawing things from Dragon Ball or Sailor Moon and stuff, but they were doing their their own drawings and like really my first contact with fan art was like really rooty <laughs> with the magazine and stuff. And Kyle, what then made you go from like I just enjoy drawing and this is a hobby to being like oh I want to like further pursue my education and studies in art and drawing? What was the the, the big thing that made that difference? Well, like, uh, like I mentioned, I had uh, a lot of influence on game, and right when I was creating uh, characters and I started having uh, contact with the internet, because like in the 90s, it was kind of still getting common in Brazil, and I started to getting access to it right around like 99, and I uh, I started seeing a lot of character creation for gaming and concept art and all that stuff. Uh, and I started really getting into it in high school. And I went through that thing everyone goes through when, when you just get out of high school, you don't know what you want to do for your life. And that pressure that art doesn't make any money. And I chose to go to, to design university. And and my, kind of like my, my excuse to do that was to get into uh, game design. Game design and concept art for gaming. And in university that I started like really focusing myself, I just stopped doing everything else I was doing and just focused on, on getting like uh, honing my skills at university. Yeah. So where does, in your time in university, like, where did you kind of gain your um, interest then in getting into RPGs again and, and Critical Role specifically? Because, you know, we're kind of barreling towards you getting into Critical Role and being kind of one of the biggest uh, critters who does fan art and even now official at fan oh, art. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, uh, in university, I, I still wasn't like big on on doing RPG stuff. Like I was, I was into like doing scenarios for like MMORPGs, and that was like my whole my whole reference was that. And really, what what really get get got me into into like classic RPG tabletop was Critical Role. Uh, I'm big like I'm big. Uh, YouTube guy, like I, I watch a lot of YouTube, and I always uh, saw on my recommended list uh, the the old Critical Role uh, something. It's like with the blue background and like one of the casting uh, on the foreground. And I like I, I I neglected it for a long time, and once I I was like nothing more to watch. I was just stuff that was on my feed, I wasn't liking anything anymore. So I uh, I remembered that I uh, they, were, they had a, like this long, long running program. I d really didn't know it was 
Dungeons and Dragons game at the time. And the time I saw it, I just I just fell in love and, and I watched like uh I binge watched it like crazy. <laughs> I watched like uh all, all day for weeks and I really did my my first fan art on the the last art. The last art with the the chroma conclave. Uh, and from from there, like the the response of the community was really great. Like from the beginning, I uh, like I had a, uh, never seen a, a community that receives people so well. Like they they really uh, respect you, no matter where you uh, who you are, from where you are. They just take you in and. And I just felt the love from there, and I I fell in love with the community, the the show, and I, I just kept going. <laughs> it was what I was doing. And some of your critical role fan art is, you know, some of it is uh, obviously depicting scenarios that Matt has done, but other of it, like the headshots and stuff like that, are very high detailed things that you know still you're creating a character just from descriptions and words and kind of a collective group think. What is it that you're looking for or listening for when you hear Matt or Mercer or any of the cast explaining a scenario that inspires you and then gets you kind of the hook into what the scene should look like or the person should be like? Uh, what I look for, well, uh, I think Matt is just fantastic at, at like describing uh, scenarios and the NPCs, and they're, re they're really good because. Uh, when you're uh, freelance and you start to get into freelance, uh, you don't really get a lot of uh, a lot of work from from the start. Like you have to build your fan base, you, know, you need to have clients, and while you don't have it, you you have to practice, right? Mm -hmm. And really, what you're doing, what you're practicing, is trying to get like I'll build my own uh, my own references. I I need to. Um, what do you call it when when someone uh, like proposes a like a project to you? I, f I forget the word. Uh, like a commission. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I remember. It's like a, a briefing. You you need to like make your own briefing because you still don't have the clients, and you need to practice. You need to do a lot of stuff. And I was never never really good at like giving myself briefings. And when I when I listened to Critical Role for so long, I I just realized that every time they explain it and they explain it with so much detail, like it's a like a real person that's alive, like it makes very easy for you to just take that image that they put in your head and and translate it to to whatever uh, whether you're drawing like a pa in the paper or, or to Photoshop. I just try to listen when when they're really getting to like the characteristics of a of a character or of a place when it sets like a good mood and the image comes to your head and then you just do your best to, to get it on, on your canvas mm. and what's the time uh, it takes to do these pictures i know they're obviously depending on how intense and how detailed you want to be you can deviate but how, how much time would you say from like smallest amount of time to most amount of time you'll put into your projects yeah so like uh, after I, I I got big into Critical Role, I started getting uh, a lot more commissions because of the exposure. And until then, I took really long to to make these pieces. Like uh, 
basically like two weeks of doing it. Uh, like um, uh, you're talking about the, the like the very detailed uh, headshots. Uh, those like they take reasonably a short time to to sketch it out and to make a pose and define the features, but to finalize and put all put it, put in all the details, it can take like days. Uh, I'll say like when I started uh, doing those for critical role, I was doing maybe five to six days to to complete one of them, and from there, like I just got so much practice that. I can do one of those in two to three days, I would say. But like focused on it, uh, not doing anything else. So your pictures are amazing. Your illustrations are fantastic. And you're getting out this little bit of acclaim. So then you said just recently now you've actually started to play in your own RPGs. What's that like? What's that experience? And also what was your first character like? I'd love to hear what you decided to play. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if, if you've seen it, but um, really, uh, in the beginning, when I was starting doing uh, critical role stuff, uh, people were were doing these like uh, uh, these, these characters, like they were uh, the sons and daughters from the the main cast, and I really I I got really into uh, Percy and Vax, and. I got into uh, to the the joke that the people were doing like the threads, uh, posting their designs for for the kids, and I just fell in love with the with the daughter for for Vax and Keyleth. Yeah, I I, I named that uh, Raven, and I really fell in love with the concept. And right around then, I we were organizing our first session, and I just I just made well whatever was close to to Raven. I, I, uh, give the give her like uh, uh, a backstory very similar, and as it was my 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 first character, I I thought it was like a very good like backstory to have in mind because it was very rich and I really liked druids. I I I always liked a lot of druids, and and that was it. That's my my first character. I'm playing with her too now. Uh, have him in other ones, but I I, I didn't uh, make make them. Uh, I've I've written some characters, but I still haven't got chance to play them. Mm. So you find yourself doing a lot of character creation, even if you're not, cre- you know. Oh yeah, time. for sure. Yeah. And I guess that's the kind of artistic thing of always seeing like endless possibilities and things you want to do. Personally, I I find. Um, and, and I, I don't know if you've DM'd before. I'm assuming you, you've obviously been a player. Have you ever tried the DM or GM? Um, I DM'd one time only. Mm-hmm. And I did it for my family we, uh, at Christmas. I like made a one-shot story very short. Uh, it wasn't based on D&D. It was uh, based on this, this other uh, RPG called Tales from the Loop. I don't know if you're familiar with. It. I've never played it, but I actually have heard the name. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I took th- I took the system uh, that you played, and and I made like a short story for my family. It was pretty fun. Did they enjoy it? Yeah, yeah. They never played too. Like my mother and dad, they're really not into uh, games, but they they thought it was very cool. Yeah, it's fantastic. I kind of 
I, I wish I could get my, my, my mother and my family into that type of stuff as well. But yeah, I was going to say, um, before, before I found out that interesting information about your, uh, home game with your family was that, uh, yeah, I find GMs and DMs are always, um, consistently creating characters, uh, and we have the benefit of immediately being able to insert them in games as NPCs or as people who will obviously inhabit the world if they go to another part of the game. Whereas I know some guys who only are players who tell me all the time about like, oh, I've got so many backup characters, I've got so many great ideas, but you know, unfortunately, yeah. I'm playing this one, and I'm like, yeah, man, that's awesome. But yeah, they get a chance to to expose them, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think as soon as you give somebody, and I guess. I, I have obviously the podcast, and as I've explained on here, I, I've recorded two albums. I have a musical background, so music and you know podcasting were that thing for me. And art is obviously one of those things for you. I'm sure as well as other things you do. We kind of already have that release, but when you have somebody, let's say, who's had that, that hasn't had that release at all times, you immediately show them that you can create a thing, and it can be your own, and oh, yeah. you can feel proud of it. Then immediately they just start running with it, and they create a hundred things. Oh yeah, like I I just love any opportunity i get to create characters like in these games uh like uh dragon age or monster hunter you get to create your character i just i uh sometimes i just create a new game just to just to create characters and play with it like the game uh, the game creation uh, systems i just i just love every opportunity to to create characters like even Dark Souls, like I, I'm, I'm a, a big player of uh, Dark Souls, and I, I know that you're never gonna see your character. Like you put armor on it, you put a helmet on, and you'll never see. But I still like, <laughs> I still spend like hours doing it. It's just fun. Yeah, and I think the, the all those are great RPGs. Dragon Age, you mentioned uh, Monster Hunter, like all these things. Um, I, I think each of us finds the thing that we attach to most. And from our conversation, I'm f- figuring out character creation, that creativity is probably the biggest thing for you. I'm not saying that you probably don't enjoy adventuring and dungeon diving, but I think you'd love the idea of, of kind of fleshing out a backstory and giving a, a new life to an idea or a concept as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was like uh, the thing about... like. Creating a very deep character that made me such a fan of Leon on Critical Role because when I first started, I I didn't like Vex much. Like I thought it was kind of uh, he's trying too hard. And when I start uh, watching more and like seeing the how Leon uh, plays his characters, like he 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 gives them so much like background, so much feeling that it, it just can't help but like like him you know yeah uh, like, and you I, I think and for those who don't even listen to critical role uh you know this the, this idea of like them there being way more to your character than what's happening currently in the moment or whatever the mission is or whatever the task is the idea that there's a long and storied past that you eventually ideally through you know either getting to know them or them opening up finally to the rest of the party is so rewarding and the the longer a game is and i know with the critical role cast their game went on for like five six seven years i forget exactly how long before the first campaign ended but uh, so they got to literally 
go from a bunch of nobodies with no backstories just playing a game for fun on somebody's you know birthday to like now we've got so much backstory so much history so much world building and now we can kind of create these long and beautiful works which will slowly but surely release to people and are of course table in our dm and uh, then the benefit of that is this amazing uh general arc over all the years now a lot of people don't get to do that unfortunately you know i don't know if you've noticed it yourself but i do notice it with my games you know you're, you're always dealing with schedules you're always dealing with, dealing with people having their own independent lives so it's you know hard to get people down at a table consistently over and over again unless it's their job in some cases so you know it might be hard to do i know a lot of people out there who play rpgs as well it's difficult to, let's say have a game go past you know sixth to eighth level because that's typically where games die but if you are able to, and I've been fortunate to, and I hope you can get the same thing, uh, then it's really, really, really beneficial because not only do you have a bunch of fun with people who become your friends if they're not already your friends, but you also get to really open up and create a character and create a world. Yeah, and, and it's something like you can't explain. Like You can't tell to someone who, to, who has never played and or even like get someone to watch Critical Role just to see like, how much they put into it because uh, it's something that is not like normal for us. Like, it's something that maybe you get a, as a child, like get super invested in something and going head first into something or into a personality. And society kind of beats that out of you. Mm. And and I, I think that like extracts that from you uh, one way or another if you play long enough. Yeah, but it's, and it's, it's not the, something that you... Go ahead. Like, no, uh, just like, if, if you want to, like, if you see someone who, like, needs to play or if you really want to show them that, I don't think that it's, like, uh, a cool way to to explain in words or to describe them how, how good that is for you, like. Yeah, I was gonna agree with you because the go whole hog just something. Yeah, you have you have to you have to do it. It's an experience. Like, of course, you can go to somebody and say a role playing game. You create a character. You have these dice which tell you whether you succeed or fail. You know, like you can explain technically what it is, but the joy of it, the 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 whole reason we keep going back to it, the reason we keep you know playing games or watching shows or creating podcasts and talking about RPGs all day is because of that experience and that's actually how my first time I ever GM'd and started DMing was because of that I had somebody it was a it was a Comic-Con 4 years ago um, so I had just got finished seeing the vertical role people for the first time. It was their very first Comic-Con. I was fortunate to go. It was my first Comic-Con too. So I'd just seen them and I was really excited. And then I had a friend back at our room who was like, what'd you see all day? And I was like, oh, I saw these critical role people. And it was like, what is that? Oh, it's D&D. What's D&D? And I'm like, uh, I can't really explain it to you. I, but I happen to have my dice on me because that's I'm now that person who always has dice in his backpack. But I was like, well, here, you take this die and then, okay, make up this fighter. Okay, fine, he's in this city. And I made up a city and I made up a festival that's happening and gave him scenarios. And then it just kept rolling from there and there. And then my other friends came back from their events and they had played D&D before or RPGs. So they were like, hey, what are you guys doing? I was like, I'm kind of sort of playing D&D, but I only have one set of dice and I have no rule books and I have you know I'm using beer bottles and wine bottles as like my terrain like it, it, it that experience that's he had to have that experience and now fortunately because of that experience he's 
completely into like a whole bunch of uh, RPGs and he's got multiple campaigns and we do an online monthly game uh, with all those people from that uh, Comic Con as well because we just want to stay in contact with each other despite the fact that we're not yeah, that, that, that's great that's great yeah like uh, even pl- playing with people you don't know like it's a great like it's a great way to become friends and get into someone's life mm. like uh, to experience uh, new things like you don't get to talk about deep stuff with people you you meet like once or twice or maybe you work in an office and you talk to someone for like years and they never like really tell you something deep about themselves and you get to play one session and you just get to know some uh, someone like really on another level yeah it's pretty great and i think each character and i think this might tie back also to what we were talking about with like liam and the way he played vax and his characters as well is i think every character uh is a reflection of a aspect of a person's self when you're creating them when you're drawing them whatever you're oh, yeah, doing for sure. so like what's funny is if you get the opportunity to play with somebody long enough you really get to know who they are through their character kind of because i've played now you know for three yeah three almost four years now and uh with the same people i've been lucky to play play with the same people so i've seen them do multiple campaigns and make different characters but there's still an aspect of them and all these characters so i can know like you know one guy loves characters who are kind of assholes and they're just like Mm ah i hate this i'm over this i don't like this type and i know another guy who never plays a character without a moral code even if he's playing a bad character it's lawful bad like he always has some sort of code personal honor and then that that's because that's what that guy's like so like you, you kind of see that in people because all your characters all your art is truly a reflection of yourself yeah yeah uh another thing that i think that uh, is great about it is that uh you really get to exercise your imagination i mean uh, sounds kind of tacky but really uh how much do they get to just like dream something up and go really into detail and like as an artist i have to do that pretty often and even i like getting myself like improving it like just exercising the those muscles to like really create a word in your head and put people in it and how they react uh how the word turns you know uh just something that you don't get to do with barely anything else like you get movies and games, but the the world is there for you. Like people worked on it for years, and they spend everything on it, and they present you with a, a like a, a lovely, realized world and realized people. But you don't get to do it ever. And I think D and D lets you do that. Uh, like like a lot of things don't don't let you do that. Mm-hmm. And, and I wanted to also talk about influence as well because I talked, obviously, I did music in the past, so having done music now for over 10 years of my life, one of the jokes I, I make all the time is that there's no such thing as original music. There's just an original mix of different types of music. Like, uh, yeah. So, like, there's no way you can't create something without being inspired by something else. So I personally wanted to ask you, like, what do you go to to inspire you or to take an influence from, like, are, are you a mythology fan? Do you have certain fantasy books? I mean, you mentioned video games, so I'm assuming you like the, you know, the Dragon Age. And I saw your Kratos, by the way. I'm playing God of War right now as well. I'm loving the new game and obviously being a mythology fan, seeing all the Norse mythology is also really great for me. So I'm getting so many inspirations from my D&D world. Oh, my, my players don't even know. My players don't even <laughs> it's know. Awesome. It's awesome. It's really awesome. I just, I just beat it uh, last week. It's, it's so great. Yeah, don't spoil, I just don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. But... No, no, I, I won't. Okay, I won't. Okay. I won't. <laughs> But yeah, uh, 
like uh first for a long time i just uh, like i said uh a lot of anime was my inspiration uh and i really d just created characters i, I, I didn't make like uh, landscapes or or created something deeper and then uh, i started seeing all the game art and and now like i uh i'm sorry i got, I got off track you're fine you're, you're gonna fine. start again yeah, no, I was just talking about inspirations and then you were talking about how it was early on anime for you and then just simply creating a character. So you were kind of on that train. Yeah, so Helion's um, uh, just uh, anime, very simple. And then at university, I got introduced to a lot of uh, comic art and I started getting a lot of those like quick feelings, uh, uh, like panel art. And that the, uh, it's a lot more dynamic and stuff than, than cr just creating a character, like getting in, really into building an image and and telling a story from that image. And from there, like it was, it was really natural to get into concept art because uh, all concept art really is is you trying to just tell a story from from an image. You 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 need to put information into it. You need to put age. You need to put um, like it's a place that could exist, and uh, all of that like uh, built my my visual library. And right now, I I, I use like almost anything in entertainment and media as as my as really my my influence. Um, I, mainly, I, I get stuff from from gaming. Yeah, like recently. Uh, Gaming has has turned into a, a direction that is really visual, and like we were saying, uh, uh, God of War, uh, The Last of Us, the new Tomb Raider. If you if you go and 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 see all the art that that they they make they produce for for these games is is crazy. Like they they really do uh, very deep research, and if you start studying that, uh, you really get. Uh, and to, to really get like the sense of, of researching your your subject, and that served uh, really great for me because uh, I worked doing uh, uh, painting uh, these characters for a lot of different people, and and their D and D character they are really invested. Uh, they, uh, they spend a long time creating these characters, and you want to to do something uh, that does justice to them. So every time that I ask for a briefing from from someone to create their character, I ask them for a, a, a short briefing, but and, and they describe it. But I, I really go into it like so this character is this race is uh, they are this certain uh, certain personality, and I just uh, I just try to find. Inspiration that really reflects that mood, you know, uh, going after the feeling of the character. So anything really can can inspire me, like a, a, a landscape and a person, uh, an outline of the person in the landscape can inspire me to do, I don't know, uh, an aristocrat, for example, like a tiefling aristocrat. And somehow I, I can get that feeling from uh, like a random image. So I really like to to just go really out there and try to get inspiration from 
crazy stuff. <laughs> I know it's not uh, it's not like uh, something very linear and it's difficult to understand if you don't do it. But uh, really, uh, you you said you are uh, you have a musical background. Uh, uh, I'm sure that you you've been through that. Also. Yeah, and and like you see an image and something just pops in your head. Yeah, and you know the, there's the thing about uh, with music too. Like you have a, I, I call it a bag of tricks, but it's all it's just technical knowledge. You know, I know music theory. I know chords and how they interact with each other. And I know I, if I wanted to make something sound sad, I know what a minor key is. If I want to make something sound happy or Eastern European or what, you know, what like I, I I know these tricks in my bag or these these tools I have. But at the same time, like the best way to write music is not to use the structure or pr approach it's when something just hits me or you're just jamming and then something sounds really good and you're like oh we need to explore this and then it comes out of nowhere but that's the unpredictable that's that's inspiration that's where the, the term comes from really the, the fact that it's from nothing something so that's hard that's the thing that's difficult i mean i can work i can make a song but if i'm not inspired but you obviously want to get something that inspires you first because then you feel like that's more rewarding Yeah, like uh, that's the thing that a lot of people don't uh, don't get, and and I really since I've I've gotten like more followers on on Twitter, um, I got more more I become more public in a certain way. Uh, I get a lot of of uh, people that are starting to get into art and asking for for tips and what skills should they have and. What should they work on? Uh, what brushes? What programs they should use? And really, it, at the end of the day, it's not about that. Like you, you can train your uh, your hands and your skills all you want, but if you if you, all, if you also don't have these these um, if you really don't have these the sensation the ability to, to to get this thing from nowhere and put it into those skills that you've trained uh, you really not get great at it you you get good you get you, you can make something purely out of skill to be 100% realistic but you'll never create something yeah. that's the thing yeah and I, I, and you mentioned it a little bit earlier and you, you do it again now that you're like more profile more followers more things like that if you're okay with talking about it like How how are you reacting to the now the fact that your name is consistently shown on a show that probably reaches hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people on the internet? You know when yeah. when they show the the fan art, your face, uh, sorry, your art comes up, and then obviously I know on some of the signings they do your headshots, they yeah. do your uh, the critical role cast does. So like, how was that experience having them reaching out to you, or you reaching out to them and all that? Yeah. Uh... It's kind of scary to be honest. Like uh, I was always very like a shy person, and uh, before getting to Twitter, uh, I I tried to to like make a just try to 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 really cultivate an audience uh, on Facebook, mm -hmm. uh, mainly like in Brazilian groups. Is uh, in Brazil uh, the 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 Facebook art groups and Facebook pages, personal pages and artist pages is, are still pretty big. And I, I try to get myself to that environment, but really, I, th I think my, uh, I don't know if uh, my like share personality, I'm not like really that cheerful guy that posts every day and talks with everybody. Uh, uh, I couldn't really quite get, get off the ground as fast as I wanted. 
And when I got into into Twitter uh, in the critical role Dungeons and Dragons community, it just started growing so fast. It's just kind of scary. But as I said, like I think it, it couldn't have been a a, a better community to get into because uh, people are really supportive and, and uh, they embrace you and then they they give tips to you of what to do or what you're doing wrong. They talk to you and uh, although it's being scary, it's being really great also. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, you know, it's helping you out. And I know, I, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, I, I think at last I saw on your page you were taking commissions. Maybe you aren't anymore, but um, that that's also helping you out economically as well. Is, is this now something you do part-time, full-time? Is this Are you able to pay the bills? Yeah, I'm doing it full-time right now. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. And really, uh, if it wasn't for this uh, sudden burst of uh, of popularity, uh, I, I surely would be something else and it would be a side thing. And it really isn't uh, what I wanted. Like, uh, like it, this is what I, I wanted to do since the beginning. And... Uh, I think I didn't realize it. Uh, something that I realized just at the end of the, at my last uh, project yeah, for university, that I really uh, had to do this thesis and and work uh, like months and months on this project. That I really got into like the the definition uh, of of the art that I was doing, and uh, I really had to separate what I was doing. So I. I, I really thought that I wanted to get into gaming and concept art. And at the same time, you, you listen to concept art, illustration, art, and you thought, oh, it's all the same thing. It's just doing art. But uh, I started uh, listening to, I don't know if you know him, uh, he's, a pretty, he's a pretty big uh, art teacher and, and designer for games and movies. It's called Feng Zhu. No, I don't know this name. Uh, so, He's a, he's a really great uh, Asian artist, and he does these these videos about the industry and what uh, what are the differences between being a concept artist and and an illustrator. And it turns out that all along I, I thought I was uh, I was wanting and doing concept art, which is like doing a piece of art that is not for you. It doesn't reflect you. It's supposed to explain. And and vi- and visualize an idea that some some person wrote a story, and you have to put that on paper. And really, uh, illustration is something that you do. And it, it expresses your person, uh, what you like, uh, your personal style, and that's the finished product. And I real I realized that that uh, is what I was doing all along, and that's what I wanted to do. And since I I I started getting more commissions and really sustaining myself with that. Uh, that's that's the that's the, the the end goal, right? To to be self-sustained and and to really get to do this and, and get better at it. Yeah, and I mean, for everybody out there, I've always said that RPGs are a good thing that enables us, obviously, to help learn more about ourselves and then about people around us and feel more social. And you've even taken a step far, but there where 
just like some of the people I've had on the show before, um, you're turning this into a career path and enabling this to like create a beautiful cycle of feeding into what you love, taking care of yourself, which will then allow you to feed into what you love more. So that's kind of a fantastic yeah. kind of inspirational story as well. Yeah, thanks. It, it's, it is a, a really big uh, step to take to like, re- refuse uh, working someplace for somebody, then uh, you, you really, really are like, for, for the first, uh, until you build uh, your base, you really on luck. You're really hoping someone you see your work and hoping they'll like it and hope to be willing to pay for it. And really when people come to you and say, oh, this is my first, my first uh, art commission. I never asked anybody to draw anything for me or even paid for it. And that's just fantastic. Like you're taking, it's a pretty huge thing like to to take your money and invest in this person that you never talked with to to draw a character that you spend a long time and it's all based on trust, right? Like, yeah, you don't have contracts and or anything. So it's pretty great when when someone comes to you to to contract you to do something like that. Yeah, it's pretty awesome how we are all kind of connecting with each other and putting faith in each other and helping each other. And you mentioned it earlier, if people coming to you and wanting stuff from you, what would be the best way to contact you, man? Oh, yeah. So um, I have all the stuff, uh, DeviantArt, ArtStation, but my main, uh, really my main, main, main contact right now is uh, Twitter. Uh, my handle at BlackCylinder. Um, you can find me on ArtStation for... Uh, by Caio Santos, my name. And really, it's, it, it, these are uh, the main places that uh, you can find me. I have a, a DeviantArt page under uh, another name, the Suruga Monkey, but uh, I, I kind of left that for uh, the side. And I really know, don't post that anymore. So if you really want to, to follow me and uh, get stuff regularly from me. Uh, Twitter is definitely the, the best place. And the links will be in the description on the Podbean page below. And obviously, if you want to follow me, my Twitter is at classy underscore dawn. And you can email us at myrpgpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, and other places where podcasts are found. Thank you for listening, and I will see you at the table. <laughs>